reframing is probably my my favorite thing. You've heard me say it a million times, but the good news is almost always there's something good to your point. You know, a lot of times it's what you're going to do about something that happened, like something bad happened. But the good news is this is what you're doing about it. And once again, action creates energy. Action creates, you know, this feeling of control. So, yeah. So mostly I try to convince myself, reframe things so that I know that Um, ultimately, I can gain some measure of control. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. Brian Nolan and Kevin Nolan are back with a special edition of Business is Messy. We get a temperature read on the messes of the current business environment in tandem with a preview of the keynote theme of our upcoming Grand Summit Conference. The NCG team and an epic crew of Summit members are headed to San Diego next week for our 2023 Grand Summit Conference, where the theme of organizational strength is leading the charge of our sessions. Brian is kicking it all off with his keynote, Building Mental Strength Inside the Mind of the Leader, and is going to empower our audience and listeners here with mental workouts to keep our minds strong and able to handle the daily mental challenges, belly punches, and slumps that we will and do undoubtedly face as leaders. In this episode, Brian taps into Kevin's world on what challenges him most day to day, what he does to remain mentally strong, and how he focuses on the bigger picture, all while using the power of his team and embracing what he can control. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. This episode is brought to you by the Sherwin-Williams Company, our premier Grand Summit sponsor and a supporting partner of the Summit Member Group. People experience Sherwin-Williams in many ways, from our paint stores to our iconic projects around the world. But to uncover the meaning behind what we do, you have to look beyond the labels. We don't just make great products. We serve home builders, contractors, property owners, and manufacturers, big and small. We provide our customers innovative solutions to ensure their success, no matter where they work or what surfaces they're coating. Okay, welcome back to Business is Messy. Brian Nolan here with my brother, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. How Hello. are you? How are you doing? Great. You know, Business is Messy is, is um, probably my favorite podcast series of all because it's when little brother Bri gets to really step up and help big brother Kev. Kev shares his messes and, well, we clean them up. And uh, we, we help him keep uh, mentally fit. We, we help him build up. Uh, the mental muscle. I, I don't know, Brian. I don't know if you actually clean them up, but I, I will say it's always nice to have someone listen. And you do listen. You're a good listener. And no one else really listens to me talk about my problems except for you and everybody on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Good stuff. Uh, this this is a, a fun preview for me uh, personally because I'm going to be doing the keynote um, actually two weeks after this is published. Uh, on um, inside the mind of a leader, uh, building mental strength. And because um, really, you can't effectively lead an organization 
uh, and help others until your own your own self is sort of fit. Um, so I'm, I'm going to interview Kevin on uh, five uh, questions specifically, maybe. But before I I do that, uh, well, maybe let's just start. You know, what 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 are the daily mental challenges you face? And maybe let's talk about what are you facing right now? And then um, what okay. in general do you face? Okay, let's see. Quick, I'll just run through them real quick. Um, the EPA called on Thursday. They want to come inspect my lead uh, procedures and make sure I'm following all the rules. I told them, come on in. Um, as, as you and some folks know, um, I've been big into the lead issue for uh, 10 or 15 years. This is my second audit, um, and the last one I passed um, and I expect I'll pass this one. So um, I, it didn't it didn't throw me, but um, I, I always know they're coming. And so the EPA is back. Um, the uh, my marketing person left just before I went away. You know, I got back from a, a trip uh, from to New Zealand and Australia, which was amazing. Um, but um, right before I left uh, April, our, our marketing person of 10 years gave notice. Um, she got a great job working for a private school where her kids go. She gets tuition reimbursement. I really can't match that. But we really miss her. Um, and we got our hands full replacing her um, for marketing. So uh, that's a big deal. Um, yeah, right after I got back, I had... So everything was pretty bad here. We were getting a lot of phone calls since the beginning of the year, which is good. And actually right now the phone is ringing really strong, which is great. That's good uh, to hear. Yeah, but we were we were so out of work, so out of work by the end of the year. All the backlog was gone by the holidays. That literally filling the tank up has been much more difficult than any of us imagined. Um, you know, even getting, um, you know, 80 phone calls a week, which is a great number, um, usually when when we're when we've got a backlog. But when you have nothing, it's almost like if you let the tank run out on your car, or your tractor. Sometimes the uh, mm -hmm. the priming it, getting it back up and going, is more problematic than than you think. So that was a bad thing. But so uh, so the uh, the Bucks County team uh, had a, had a meeting, and uh, they were supposed to have a meeting last Thursday. Uh, we had a company meeting the following Thursday, which and the idea was to um, to have it first. So that the original Thursday they were going to have the meeting. There wasn't enough work for the whole team, so we decided to postpone the meeting. And then we pushed the meeting to the Wednesday before the overall company meeting. So talk about that's not right, uh, but we did it anyway. We pushed the meeting, and one of the main objectives was for me to go up to the Bucks County team and cheer them up, um, but more importantly, take accountability for the fact that we didn't have work for them. They've been really um, light on work. None of them have had full weeks. None of them hit pay for performance bonuses. So I had to apologize uh, on behalf of Nolan Painting for the fact that, and that's what I use. I said, I, I'm sorry, and I apologize on the behalf of Nolan Painting. And I did indicate to them that the future was bright and that I, I hope that they held on that we were actually, a lot of these phone calls are coming in or is, is work being lined up in some cases weeks and months from now. Mm. Um, but that the future's bright and that I hope they would stick to it. Um, so that it's was important, sort of, um, it's important to note here, 
important to note that the way you organize is by region. So other teams may have been busy maybe in, yeah. in like the Westchester team, uh, but that team up there was not. And so there may be some like, wow. We yeah, one of, the, one of the teams were extremely busy. That's why there wasn't enough to go around. And to your point, that team was, was particularly hard hit. Um, and the other team uh, in our outlying area, you know, we have offices in both these areas. The other team in Chester County had this similar scenario. And the week before, John had gone up there and he had, he apologized on behalf of the company while I was away. Um, but anyway, um, when I did my my um, accountability, I said to John, that's the last time I'm doing that. Um that's his job from now on. But, you know, the ability is actually a good thing. And I kind of pride myself on the ability to do that. Um, and I took some pride in it. I thought, yeah, maybe not everybody can basically say they're sorry to their employees for coming up short and um, asking them to still have faith in them. And I can do that. That's that's a superpower I can muster. And so um, it was. Have at least one superpower, Ken. What's that? Good to have at least one superpower, at least, right? Left. <laughs> I don't know if any of them are superpowers, but I can muster pieces of stuff sometimes. And, uh, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. So um, it's another one of those things. But, yeah, by and large, um, we are um, fairly optimistic, though. I think, I mean, I don't want to say the recession didn't happen because it happened. I mean, I'm, I'm getting hammered two quarters in a row. My first quarter is going to be pretty terrible. And the last quarter ended terribly. And I call that a recession in my book. And it's over and we're moving on now. Um, and so at least the feeling is, is maybe the worst is past. And um, I think we got 46 leads yesterday, which is a record for a Monday in the winter uh, for many, many years. So, um, yeah, we're, we're fairly optimistic um, in spite of all the challenges. So, so it almost felt like a cold start. If you look at the past couple of years, your sales guys were so busy um, that yeah. they they forgot what it's like to not have estimates sort of regularly in there. Oh, so, so what did you learn from this? Uh, um, I don't know, Brian. I mean, we did all we could do. There, there isn't always solutions to things. You know, there are no solutions. So, we made a conscious decision to not cut staff. Be transparent, tell them how much work we had, not cut staff and try to string everybody along. I didn't use those terms, string everybody along, but try to give everybody enough work for them to survive. And so then when I came back from my trip, everybody was all in a bad, bad way about it. And I was so I was just reminding some of the management team, hey, this is exactly what we said was going to happen. And all we're, we just got to manage through it. We didn't say it was going to be fun. We didn't say that, you know, there was necessarily a lot more we could do. We, we were advertising a, a fair amount. I mean, we were doing um, TV at the time, spending a fair amount of money. My sales guys have all kinds of contests to self-generate leads, and they, 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 uh, they've been bringing in 20 or 30 leads on their own every week. Um, and then the AWOs, we've been trying to sell work everywhere we can. I don't have a whole lot more tricks in my playbook here. Um, so, but, but the, the, the point that I want to emphasize is, is um, 
you know, you never over, overreacted emotionally to this as right. I watched you. As I, I talked about in prior podcasts, I used to watch it back in, in the 80s. And, you know, you, know, you overreacted, right? It was tough. Yeah. Over the years, you've built, um, I don't know whether it's money. tissue. Well, or one business. of the things I've talked about before, Brian, is money. You if have you have it. money and you are capitalized correctly, you don't worry the way you used to worry. If you, I have, mean, if I, you have the reserves to weather periods right. like this. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? Yeah. We... We we need to expect things like that. What do we think? There's never going to be recessions. Absolutely. Do we, do we really think there's not. No, like it happens, it comes in, and it goes. So when it does come, we we have to manage it intelligently, not emotionally. Exactly. And yep. yeah, yeah, you got to be urgent about it. You got to do things, but um, they shouldn't be things that cr- crush you. Well, I don't know how you'd make it. I don't know how you'd make it. Forty three years in the business, if you were living at the edge. Every single every single Friday and every single recession or every slowdown, because literally um, I I just mentally couldn't have handled couldn't handle that. So you know part of having your mental uh, strength is also to, to get your to get your um, house in order so that you're not constantly ping ponging um, emotionally because you know it's the emotions that obviously can bring you to passion, but it's also the emotions that can basically send you down the abyss. So one of the things that I'm going to talk about um, in, in uh, the summit is something called a pre-mortem. So a post-mortem is, oh, wow, that happened. Well, what did, what did we learn from it? That's what I, I just asked you, right? What did you learn yeah. from it? A pre-mortem is when you think in advance, what's going to go wrong if then we do this. And so yes. it's a, it's, yes. it's like a risk assessment, but a pre-mortem is. And uh, in fact, you were pre-mortering uh, back in October, November. You were saying it's going to get slow. I know it's going to get slow. Yes. Steve, how much money do we have? Let's do yep. a budget. The first quarter is not going to be great. Uh, you were preparing the organization for a storm um, mentally. So the pre-mortem, if this, then that, as opposed to if this deer in headlights. Absolutely. If this anxiety and those type things, uh, if we think life is going to always be smooth, uh, you're in the wrong game. You know, this is this is not. And that's different than worrying. That's different than worrying. Much. Uh, It's totally different than worrying, because I think worrying just by its definition means inactivity. It means only mental. It doesn't mean any real planning or because as soon as you start taking action, the worrying disappears. Now you're you're doing the job, and you're not worrying any longer. So it's the action that that stops the worrying, and worrying is useless. Well, worrying is is suffering over something that yeah. hasn't happened yet. Yeah, or might <laughs> why, not happen. Why you? Why would you suffer? Like the worrying is. is imagining and it's worse than than the actuality it is, is. it so, almost always is yeah you know as, yeah. as you and i near our our dad's age when we knew him the last couple decades we used to watch him and he used to always say to me bry why worry control yeah. what you could control understand what you don't control make that yeah. list but worry what does worrying get you yeah and uh i used to Back then, well, I used to talk worried, about the mom. Really, mom was the one that needed that. He did. You know what I used to do? I, I used to be like, no, that that doesn't get it. I because I I used to worry all the time. As I get older, I worry less. I plan more and try and control my mind uh, to control what well, I can. We, we've talked about this, Brian. He didn't seem to have to work 
to control the mind. A lot of it fell naturally that he did not have to change his attitude from I'm having a bad day, turn into a good day and use tricks like you and me do use disciplines and exercises and, and, and self-talk. He seemed to be blessed with that naturally. Um, at least I, that's I, what I would he love said. to ask him, you know, that I would love to go back and ask him now, cause I'm, I'm reading a lot on uh, stoicism, philosophy, uh, Marcus Aurelius, who was the king of stoicism in terms of not, not overreacting, being, objective my guess is dad did some reading on uh, uh, marcus aurelius that's my guess but we'll never know that until maybe we see him someday again kev huh yeah. um what in general what have been your your biggest daily mental challenges that that you face um what i should do today is always the biggest challenge um what i should do today like i i mean obviously i I have a few meetings this afternoon, so I know what I'm doing in the afternoon, but I have this, you know, being uh, self-directed. I have, uh, as you would say, free time all the time. Um, I don't have, <laughs> I have so much I want to do and so much to do. And I don't always know the correct order, or at least that's what, um, that's, that's what I, that's my mental challenge. I mean, it, it's sort of simplistic. Should I go for a run now or should I go for one later? Should I go ahead and do this first or should I do that first? Um, sometimes the challenges of doing things I don't want to do. Um, so I, I actually don't like to do a lot of things that you like to do. Um, I have to build, um, a couple presentations for, um, for the grand summit as well. And, you know, one of them is on my book. Um, and another one is on leadership competencies. And so I love to talk about that stuff, but building the PowerPoints and building the presentation. Oh my God, I'd rather go to the dentist. Um, I think I'd rather go up and apologize to the Bucks County crew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know I'm going to get help because, um, you know, Catherine has, uh, has offered the services of Summit and Sydney's, I think, going to help me. Um, but the deadline for the PowerPoints this Sunday. And, uh, oh, man, I like that I was over that. But, no, some of the biggest challenges are what to do next and what to do with my supposed free time, which is just the time between meetings or the time between obligations, right? It's not free. It's, <clears throat> it's just there. Yeah, I mean, you're funny. It's almost like when – when there are problems come your way, you've, you've almost been built to solve problems. Your, your well, whole you life. That question doesn't come into play anymore. What do I do next? Because the problem is right there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've just... always said, Michael and I have always said, brother Michael, you know, when you have a problem, you go to, you go to Kev because uh, nice. yeah, it's, it's one of the few compliments you'll get from me. Yeah, you get pretty accomplished. But yeah. if you think about it, because of your ability to uh, hit the problem head on, um, don't don't go on your heels, you know, think about what can I do? What can I do? What can I control? And realizing yeah. that you're a leader and leaders set examples that they don't let problems crush them and everybody's watching you deal with, with these problems. Um, and what have been some of the biggest belly punches over the years for you, Kev? Um, yeah, it's those, I think the, uh, the accidents that happen and the injuries that happen in the business, you know, I thought about that. You sent me these questions last night and um, some of those are the things that, uh, because 
you try so hard to be safe or you try so hard to do the right thing and then bad things still happen and you're like god why can't we control that that bothers me a lot i know i was pretty much belly punched two years ago during the great resignation um when i had a lot of people quit i know i wasn't alone in that so i immediately felt better but in the beginning when it first happened it felt like a repudiation of me and everything i stood for you know we had about a 20 percent leave rate uh during that time period which was very significant um it was happened actually happened like this time of year it happened in like april march and april and we were you know trying to gear up like we always do and to this point to this day we we talk about it wonder if it's going to happen this year is it going to happen this year you know um so those are some of the, the bigger ones luckily you know i've been i've been blessed with um Mostly to your point, Brian, mostly the size problems I can handle. Hmm. You know what I mean? Um, you know, whether it's uh, uh, EPA or OSHA infraction or whether it's um, dealing with the government in some facet or or other types of problems, mostly they're within my scope of being able to handle them. And I've been blessed in that respect. You know, what's interesting, so I've, I've been studying uh, the, the mind of, of a leader in in preparing for this grand summit and what i've learned about problems and and belly punches is that uh whether or not they're good or bad is not necessarily known right away um so let's just take this um this accident that happened when the guy fell off the orchard ladder yeah. the guy fell off an orchard ladder uh, rolled yeah. down a hill he broke his back Oh my gosh, that's a belly punch. Terrible. Yeah. Everything, safe practices and things like that. Um, he's okay, by the way, right? He recovered. Yeah. He's fine. I just bought him a brand new truck last year or last January, just past and, January. Yeah. And so what I sort of developed since then is the Nolan Painting Safety uh, Program uh, really became a powerhouse. You hired Hernan, you decided I'm going to get a safety director. And, and so um, the overall uh, yeah. effect of something that bad happened, strengthened the company in such a way sure. that wouldn't Absolutely. have been the case if that gentleman hadn't fallen off, off that ladder. And so it, it reminds me of, of this story, Kev, have you ever heard a story of a Chinese farmer? So it's a quick story. Uh, Chinese farmer, um, he has a horse and, and it's a beautiful horse. The horse runs away. Um, and the village people go, oh, it's terrible. He goes, maybe. The next day, that one horse brings back a whole herd of wild horses to, to his farm. And the village people go, oh, that's, that's great. And he goes, maybe. The following day, the farmer's son is trying to tame one of these horses and gets thrown off a horse and breaks his leg. And the Chinese uh, and the village people go, that's awful, I'm so sorry. And he goes, maybe. The next day, the army comes to prescript people to join the army and they look and they can't take the son away because he broke his leg. And all the village people go, that's terrific. He goes, maybe. <laughs> Does it ever end? Well, it does. And, th and then there's this thing, you know, the universe is so complicated. It's impossible for us in the moment to judge what is truly bad and what is truly yeah. good. Uh, but yet, well, we you, you might have heard me. 
you might have heard me say, um, uh, nothing is neither good nor bad, but only thinking makes it so. That's right. That's, I, I, may, I may have misquoted it, but it's, uh, it's from Shakespeare. It's the only line in Shakespeare I understand. Um, <laughs> but basically, I, I say that to myself all the time because I think to myself, yeah, this is not about judging right now. This is about dealing with the situation, judging it like whether it's whether I'm happy about it or sad about it or whether woe is me. Really, whatever I feel about it has nothing to do with it. It is what it is. And that helps me. I said it all the time. Nothing is neither good nor bad, but only thinking makes it so. Sure. To your absolutely. Point, it matches absolutely. your story. Yeah. You know, there's two things, you know, this happened and it was bad. Yeah. Well, this happened is a fact. It, it was bad. Hold on. Let me see what this really is. Let me let let this in my head. Let me evaluate this this situation. Obviously, well, even what is bad? What is bad? what is bad? Yeah. Right. What does that mean? What is bad? Yeah. Now, now there are terrible things that happen. People die. We course, totally course, get it. Um, but we're we're talking about you know the the business is a game and it's a messy game. Well, and I'm putting things in context so that at least you don't treat everything the same. Yeah. Because your health is the most important thing and everything else is neither good nor bad, but only thinking makes itself. Yeah. It's, so it's like, it's, yeah. Like, it's like the game you and I played as kids, you know, when you played a game with Kev and he called you a cheater and he flipped the game over, do over. What the hell? <laughs> it's a game, but you can look at it. Like Bro, I was gentle on you. We had, a, we just had a 60th birthday roast for Brian and Michael 60th birthday party. So now they're old guys too. Um, and we were gentle on you guys. We were um, really gentle. It, I, I'll, I'll share that. It was definitely a, a top 10 day in my life because uh, all my brothers and, and sisters got up and said a combination of funny things and also things you'd like to hear at your funeral if you if you could. Yeah. Um, so, Fun day. Uh, Kev, what do you do to um, quiet your mind? Um, well, as you know, uh, we both uh, subscribe to the philosophy. Uh, you talk about it more than I do, but I do it all the time, too, <laughs> which is, um, you know, what you say when you talk to yourself. So I talk to myself. I try not to let my brain do the talking. Um, I know that's kind of a that might sound like an oxymoron or something like that or something like that. But um, I try to control my thinking by telling myself what I need to hear. Um, as opposed to listening to maybe what my brain wants to say. Um, it's a whole concept where if, you know, if you're running up a hill and you say it's hard, it is. If you say it's not, it's not. So it's really just about trying to control um, the thoughts that happen in your head so they don't run rampant all over the place. Um, and, you know, some of those tools about pausing and reflecting and just, you know, trying to reframe things. Um, reframing is probably my, my favorite thing. You've heard me say it a million times, but the good news is um, almost always there's something good to your point, but the good news is, is, you know, a lot of times it's what you're going to do about something that happened, like something bad happened, but the good news is this is what you're doing about it. And once again, action creates energy, action creates, you know, this feeling of control. Um, so, yeah, so mostly I try to convince myself, reframe things so that I know that um, ultimately I can gain some measure of control. And then 
I mean, obviously I fight with these things like everybody does. Uh, but the good news is, <laughs> uh, that was actually that's just a bad habit i gotta stop if i've heard um, that once i've heard that a thousand times i know i'm sorry uh the good news is is that when i have feelings or thoughts that are not in healthy for me i generally tend to get a reset button um within a 24-hour period it's almost like i go to sleep and wake up and it's like i turn the computer off and then i reset it whatever buggies were going on in there have have for the moment cleared um, because a lot a lot of times things can really get frustrating and I find if I just walk away and say I need to deal with this when I'm not emotional then all of a sudden I have the tools the next day to be able to work on it. You know when when you say um, but the good news is that that is your your self talk to not be the victim. I think that's exactly. really important. Yeah. And and QBQ, right? The question yeah. behind it. Well, I knew it was a reason I said it. That's the yeah. reason. Yeah. And and it's so it's it's not asking why and when. You know, why yeah. does this happen to me? When is are the leads going to pick up? It's it's asking um, what and how. What can I do? How can I make a, a difference in this? Well, you know, when we had John Miller, the author of QBQ, come speak at a grand summit um, a few years back. Um, I had, I've been a fan of his for 10 or 15 years. That's one of the reasons why we, we grabbed, we got him. And I, I said to him, John, tell me, do you sort of getting back to what we talked about with dad again, do you have negative thoughts and do you have victim thinking and then quickly correct it? Or are you, or do you never let them into your mind? And he said, oh, I'm weak. They happen. And I, I correct them, but they do enter my mind. And for a second, I feel aggravated and weak. And I even feel a victim about being a victim. And then I realized that there is no victims, only volunteers. And that's when he flips the switch, which, by the way, is the second book, um, Flipping the Switch. So I now focus on flipping the switch. I don't focus on the guilty feeling that um, I'm in a bad way now mentally. I focus on how fast can I flip the switch and get back to constructive thinking. Yeah, you know, uh, everything I, I read is, is pointing towards um, this. This doesn't mean you don't feel the pain. You don't feel the crisis. You don't feel sad or emotional. It's, it's feeling it and, and deciding it not to govern your, your thoughts for a long period of time. Yep. That, that's the key. Uh, you know, well, you and you can develop it because it's emotional intelligence. And yeah. it's one thing about emotional intelligence. It's proven it can be developed and you can there's, make there's it better. No, no question about it. I mean, I'm, yeah. I've been working on, on this myself for, for the past couple of decades because I'm, I'm a really passionate guy. I'm an emotional guy. Uh, I am I, known to worry, uh, but I feel like I'm leaving that person in the past because I've decided to rewire some of my neural pathways after reading about the possibility to do this is called neuroplasticity. And mm -hmm. by doing the, the affirmations, by talking to yourself, um, you know, I've, I've got, I have a few that I say all the time. Um, I, I'm the boss of my own mind. Um, yeah. That's a really key one for me. Um, I'm, I'm aware, I'm aware of stressful situations and choose not to entertain them. Um, and I say, I'm spiritually strong, mentally tough and physically a beast as I passed my brother up the hill on a race this past Saturday. <laughs> well, I was fighting. I was fighting something. 
Yeah, Kevin and I still have fun. Uh, he he gets me as much as I get him in terms no, of- No, you're ahead, you're ahead, I admit it. But no, you're catching no. up, Matty, you're 60. Yeah, so. yeah, we're, you know, we're seeing who can be a, less slow, uh, I think. Um, but, but, you know, the key is we're still out there. We still feel young. Yeah, that was, um, I was 40 seconds a mile faster than last year, Bryce, so. How about that, younger next year? For the moment. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you want your, your people to know? We, you know, we talk about, about succession planning and, uh, you know, you just spent a month away actually, which was great. You were in Australia and New Zealand. And meanwhile, your company was dealing with one of the hardest months in a couple of years. Right. Um, what, what happened? What, what sort of muscle had you built and what did you need to give back to them when you came back in terms of giving them a jolt? Well, you know, I came back sort of detached, not emotionally. So I was able to be objective and, and relay the advice I mentioned earlier about we knew this was going to happen. Let's manage through this. Um, so and, and, this, and the phone had been ringing. So I was able to cite that as like, listen, the future is bright. So I was able to do that. But also, um, you know, Mary Fran, my wife, Mary Fran, had retired uh, the week before we went away. Um, and, um, you know, this is all setting me thinking, yeah, that's going to be me next. And, um, my actual f- physical retirement day is, is September 24. And, um, so I determined I'm going to Africa for a month after that one, because yeah, when you take yourself out of a situation and you realize that, um, some of these things are not completely your responsibility 100% anymore. And Nolan Painting isn't 100%. There's a few things I have to make sure happen, but I'm deliberately pushing the responsibility onto others. Mm-hmm. And um, so, um, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be in control. So I don't want to have regrets about leaving. I don't want to miss it. Of course I will. Of course I will. But I don't want to spend time in that in that in that you know that world where I'm regretting, where I'm lamenting, where I'm somehow conflicted. Um, big changes happening when you when you make this type of change, and I want to embrace them. I don't want to uh, feel as though you know I'm um, somehow I'm, I'm I'm conflicted and sad. I'm happy, you know. Well, you know, you you spent the last couple of years working on a capstone project, uh, which is maybe important to mention here. Uh, the book that you've been writing, I've, I've watched you write it. I've been been reading it. You've read, you've read a lot of the chapters. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, everybody's getting the blogs that are, are uh, excerpts from it. It's a, it's allowed you to, to sort of um, share the organizational muscle, uh, which really starts with the mental muscle and, and how to prepare your company for, for the next generation. So maybe give us a, give us a little bit about when that's launching and, and then what's next. Yeah, so I, I literally just wrote um, the last uh, chapter of content yesterday. So that was another thing I didn't want to do, but I, I sat myself down and did it. Um, I came in Monday morning to my office and shut the door and didn't, I, you know, I had been working on it already, but I, I opened the door six hours later and I was done. Um, so all the content is written on the book. Um, 
now, um, and so I have to send, I send the last chapter to my, my writer. I have a ghost writer. She's terrific, Amy. Um, and Amy will uh, craft it into better, better English, better grammar and better logical flow and sequence and all that. Um, and, um, and then we have a number of, of rewrites and a few chapters that need more work. Just a couple actually. Um, but the, uh, the book will be at the printer by July and um, in my hands to distribute by September 1st of 23. I'm super excited. Um, I think I'm gonna sell 100,000 copies. Nice. Um, that sounds crazy, um, but, but I, I, think, I, think we're gonna, I think I'm gonna be a writer. Um, we're talking you and me, Brian, about writing another book, um, yeah. Exiting Well, which would help to um, talk a little bit more about my exit strategy, but also a lot of other companies' exit strategies and, and sort of lay up a couple different exit strategies and see um, how they've worked out for a number of different companies. That's an exciting book to talk oh, about. Oh, it is, it is. Cause you know, I, I lead a, a, a group of uh, companies, guys who are in their sixties and they're all sharing with, with each other the intentional succession plan to leave a strong company behind. And, you know, some are selling it to their kids. Some are selling it to a key employee. Um, some aren't selling it. They're just going to, put a GM in place and, and maybe make the sale decision down the road. Um, some might look outside for a buyer and uh, all of them are dealing with um, what's your next passion. And I, I actually, maybe you can leave us with that, Kev. And I, I, I know I, I'm sort of throwing you a curveball here, but um, actually a lot of people are asking me, you know, what is a guy like you with so much passion, so much energy, spending a lifetime solving problems, leading, managing his own mental attitude towards problems. What are you going to do next? You're going to, you're going to come into my world and, and uh, do some stuff or what? No, shaking his head. No. Um, it's funny because I, I don't necessarily see it as black and white next. Um, there is that date, date, date that we're talking about, but they like the, the consultant that I spoke to about five years ago, that gave me some advice on this, which we've shared, which is to start to disappear. So, you know, I disappear for a month. Um, I disappear on a Thursday and a Friday, um, and um, I start disappearing a little bit more often. And I, I always said that by when I finally retire next September, that everybody's going to joke. Um, that's funny. You say you're retiring now. I think you've been gone for a long time. Right. That was sort of the, right. that's the joke I keep saying. It's, it's my own joke. It's to myself, and um, it helps me frame it. Um, but, um, no, I'm excited about the book. Uh, we talked about writing this next book, Exiting Well, uh, working title, Exiting Well. My organizational structure book will need to be finished up um, in terms of um, we're trying to get it to a publisher and, and have someone pick up the publishing costs. Um, I'm confident that'll happen at some point, but it's going to require some work, maybe some salesmanship, maybe some dog with a bone. Um, so uh, I'll be pretty busy doing that. And then we talked about writing another book. Uh, which is Organizational Muscle, the workbook, and working together on that one. Um, so I'm going to be pretty busy, yeah. really, just right there. Um, I do intend to do more traveling, um, follow more of my hobbies. Um, I love working on my properties. Um, you know, I always think of um, Ronald Reagan, and um, as he was 
thinking about retiring or getting out of office. And he was actually conflicted because what he really liked to do is work on the ranch because he had a ranch in Southern California. And, and um, you know, I have a bit of a ranch. I have a big property with lots and lots of projects and um, lots of uh, tools toys, and toys. toys. A tractor. <laughs> He's got his toys. Tools, yeah. tools and toys. And, yeah, I'm looking to get a... Um, a, um, a backhoe and dig a, dig a pond. And I got lots of projects I want to do. And, you know, it's funny because um, some of the best ways to control the mental aspect is just to go out and do some of that stuff. Sure. You know, with the get, getting back to what I said before, action. Um, action to solve a problem is a good thing, but also just, if you can't solve the problem, just do action, just do something. And all of a sudden it creates energy. And sometimes, you know, the solution comes when you weren't, when you weren't drilling down on it, but when you, when you crept up on it from the side. Well, um, it's, it's well proven mentally that action and anxiety cannot coexist. They can't, yeah. they, they're exclusive to each other. When your brain is working on, on action, then, uh, Anxiety really comes from, uh, I can't control, I can't control, and I can't control. Yeah. When you take an action, um, you say, the good news is, and you take that is. action. Exactly. So, good, Kev. Well, yeah, well like, I'll tell you, Brian, I don't know whether you solved any of my problems, but I definitely feel better. <laughs> that's, that's a mess. It, it matters how we feel. You know, nothing is either good or bad. It's how we feel that makes it so. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, we're going to have you for at least another 18 months of problems. Uh, message yeah. to pick up and, and then after that we'll we'll be analyzing others you're going to have the nolan brothers for at least another decade um in this game and, and uh we're just having more fun all the time building leaders beneath us so that we can continue doing fun stuff like this good stuff thanks Brad. thanks kev yep until the next mess good luck all right. take care Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.